This episode of Standard Orbit is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for smartphone, tablet, and desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by Enterprise in Space. Find out how you can help science and education and become a virtual crew member aboard the NSS Enterprise Orbiter. Visit enterpriseinspace.org. This is Walter Koenig, Chekhov from Star Trek, and you're listening to Trek FM. Risk is our business. It's like nothing we've dealt with before. My golly, Jim, I'm beginning to think I can cure a rainy day. I can't change the laws of physics. Welcome, everyone, to Standard Orbit, Trek FM's dedicated podcast that covers the original and new cast of Captain Kirk and the Enterprise. I am Ken Tripp. And I am Zach Moore. Censorship. It's a four-letter word when it comes to creatives, often compromising the artistic integrity of a work of art. So, you know, as we all know, Gene Roddenberry's fights with the censors at NBC during the run of the original series, they've become the stuff of legend. But that's not the Star Trek censorship we're talking about today. We're looking across the pond and back in time to the BBC in the 1970s. Yeah, you know, it's real interesting, Zach, because I've only recently learned about this entire BBC censorship of the original series after you brought it to my attention. And it's truly amazing to think that four episodes were banned, I mean, completely banned in the UK until the 1990s. Yeah, it's like in this in this age of home video and streaming and you're watching stuff on your phone and your tablet at any time, any hour of the day, it is just it's almost unthinkable that a property as you know beloved and far-reaching as Star Trek would uh, not only be just inaccessible to an entire English-speaking country, mind you, but intentionally so. Uh, and so the the four episodes in question, there are four episodes that were banned by the BBC. They're Miri, Plato's Stepchildren, The Empath, and Whom Gods Destroy. Now, granted, uh, one might be better off not watching a couple of those. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's immaterial to this conversation. So. Ah, what are you trying to say there, buddy? You know, and and it's weird because you know in the um, in the seventies and eighties, when I was growing up, uh, we used to love to watch PBS because it would broadcast BBC shows, right? And and a lot of you know like Monty Python's Flying Circus and stuff, and so much of that stuff, um, you know, there was nudity and things, and you were like, huh. You know, I mean, you, you, British television, you could go a lot further than it seemed than, than U.S. television. That's what's really strange to me. Like you're saying it was banned all the way until the 90s. But I don't know. I guess the BBC certainly thought uh, that these, these four episodes were, were not worth doing. And I think it's, uh, it's a good discussion to kind of discuss, to talk about the, uh, the reasoning behind the ban of these episodes. Uh, the, the, the fans' efforts to get them circulated, you know, the whole underground... And also other episodes that, uh, while they were allowed to be on the airwaves, were still edited for content. Yeah, you, you spoke to it there, Kim, but there, we have a very different view of what is acceptable, I guess would be the word, in the United States versus the United Kingdom. Because in, in America, um, we allow a lot of violence in movies and television. It's like, oh, you guns and blood and death. And you, we have a, a very uh, loose 
censorship when it comes to things like that to 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 a certain degree within reason of course right but when it comes to anything like sexual or sensual it's like bring the hammer down you know that is that is not for public consumption and uh, censorship is very hardcore when it comes to that you go across the pond it's it's really the opposite isn't it Ken? yeah yeah it was interesting i i um It'll be interesting to get the feedback from our from our friends in the UK. But be having a, I lived a year in in London in 1985, and it was um, fascinating to me that when it came to things, anything sexual, very very liberal, right? I mean, it, it just there was nothing really hidden. Um, you could you know magazines and everything were all kind of put out there and all intermixed with anything that would be considered, um, you know, time or, you know what I mean? Like in news, news magazines, things along those lines. Um, they had the, I think it was the, the famous like page five pinup girl in, in the, in the local tabs, you know, it, it, it's, it was a very different culture that way. And it is funny when you, when you think of the UK, right? Because on this side of the pond, you think of extraordinarily polite and proper, and that's all there. But when it comes to that area, man, it's just it's it's a very very different thought process, and one that to me makes a lot of sense. You know, um, it, it it did really change my view on things and what we were so parochial about. They were not, and um, yeah, I, I, if you think of what is more dangerous, you'd have to go with violence, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, no, no, ab- absolutely. Yeah. I mean. I- our ancestors came over here on the Mayflower so we could watch violent movies and TV shows. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, yeah, that's right, that's right. That's what it says on Plymouth Rock, actually. Yeah, yeah, more violence and sex, please. But no. uh, yeah, yeah. So actually, yeah, the Puritans left because England wasn't pure enough. That's what makes it so ironic. Uh, so you know, the cultural disconnect there clearly, and that—that's what was the crux of these banned episodes because this is you know 1960s american television prime time uh but when they went across the pond because it took them it took them a few years to get uh, star trek you know this is again different age right so the bbc had the rights to show the original series it started in 1969 i believe and that's when they started showing episodes so a few years after star trek started and then right when it was ending here in the united states but um there's a, there was an article uh, called Star Trek: The Banned Episodes in the uh, UK fan magazine Beta Niobe, and it was by uh, Stephen Bell. So, hey, Stephen, if you're out there, let us know, man. <laughs> but uh, he wrote this article in the 80s, and uh, he he really lays out the situation best. So I'm going to quote him here: "Quote: The problem started when the BBC showed the episode Miri in 1970. This provoked such a fur of protest from parents that it has not been shown since. It also prompted them to look very closely at the content of all the other episodes." with the result that three more, The Empath, Whom Gods Destroy, and Plato's Stepchildren, were removed from the schedules. He goes on to say, Parents apparently assumed that this story was a bad influence on their children. The point to make here is that Star Trek is not and has never been a children's program, and the story is science fiction sufficiently removed from reality to make such complaints groundless. End quote. So, you know, the crux of the problem is the BBC saw Star Trek as a kid's show and then held it to a different standard than they might otherwise have, and I get that. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you take any any American show that's made for you know adults in prime time, you know, if Star Trek is family entertainment, but still, it's for mature audiences, you know. And and you try to siphon that through like a children's what's appropriate for children <laughs> lens, then then you might have some issues with some episodes there. 
Yeah, well, Star Trek pushed boundaries, right? And they they were constantly trying to push boundaries. That was that was the name of the game. How how far can we go with this? Using science fiction as a tool to kind of push different things, right? And I was I was remembering that um, you know in in City on the Edge of Forever, you know, let's get the hell out of here. To say the word hell, even up through like the late seventies, was a big no no. Right <laughs> on U.S. TV, it just wasn't allowed, uh, or it, it was really scorned. And now, you know, things have changed dramatically. And you take that that same lens over to Britain. Well, they're not much. They weren't much different back then. And there were things that I thought could be looked at as pretty provocative even back in those days as an adult TV show. So I can I, I completely understand if it was being marketed and sold as a kids show that uh, you would have to keep it at a much, much different standard. I don't know, I don't know if, if you, in your research, caught if they were showing it, you know, early mornings on weekends when, when kids were home from school. Or... Yeah, that, that was part of it, when they would show it, you yeah. know, uh, either early evening or Saturday afternoon, stuff like that, various time slots that were not prime time, you know, after the kids go to sleep, right? Because there is, even, even today, there's a different standard in shows you see it you know, I'm in the central time zone, so that's the way I that's the way I look at things. It's seven central and then nine central. Like nine central is when like your law and order special victims unit comes on, right? But seven is like friends and Frasier and you know Seinfeld and <laughs> it's, it's a very yeah, different right. kind of <laughs> target audience. So I mean obviously the, 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 a lot of people found out about this and they were upset about it and they contacted the BBC and the BBC put out a statement that said, quote, after very careful consideration, a top level decision was made not to screen the episodes entitled The Empath whom gods destroy, Plato's stepchildren, and Miri, because they all dealt most unpleasantly with the already unpleasant subjects of madness, torture, sadism, and disease. So, let's let's discuss some of this. I mean, obviously, you know, we're familiar with these four episodes. Uh, you know, I, I take some notes here and, and my thoughts and like what I think might have pushed them over the edge. Obviously, Miri was the one that brought this all to everyone's attention, and then after that, they they took a, a, a closer look. At, at the rest of the episodes and decided three more uh, were also inappropriate in their eyes. But, um, you know, with Miri, you know, they mentioned disease. I guess, you know, that obviously the whole crux of that episode is the, the disease that wiped out all the adults and the children are dying. Uh, but, you know, from from their perspective, you know, there is there is the very you know gruesome looking child uh, going through puberty at the beginning of the episode and then his subsequent death. And then obviously there's the, the growths on the crew as well as they become infected and, you know, the kids are the villains. So, I mean, th- those are those are all things that I thought, okay, well, mm, I guess that's that's what makes this inappropriate, especially maybe even more than anything else, the kids being the villains. It's like a bad influence on the children. Like, yeah, I'm going to go beat up Captain Kirk. Because they, they actually, they, they pretty pretty bad mob beating of Kirk in that episode. It was, it was. I, I agree with you. I, I think you captured pretty well what could have been the key to it. If I was a parent, and this, uh, you know, let's let's pull it to a U.S. type of thing, and you're watching it at nine in the morning, and they're having their cereal and hot chocolate or whatever it is, and you see the makeup in this, um, it's pretty scary. You know that 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 first kid, that first one that goes through puberty and and, and whatnot, that was kind of a, a shocking scene. I, I remember, you know, kind of jumping out at that at the time, and then, you know, as as the show progresses, it's kind of a a depressing, you know, episode all by itself. There, it's it it ends well, but it's it's one of those things where you're going, man, the um, 
the fear of, uh, you, you know, you, you kind of get attached. I did to Miri, right? And she's scared because of what's going to happen. There's a lot of tension in that episode on top of the violence, on top of, you know, all the, um, I don't know, what do you call them? Scabs and stuff that started yeah, showing up. I and, mean, gross and scabs. And I mean, that's uh, yeah, in, other, in other episodes. I mean, d- disease there's a space madness and like the Tholian web and the naked time. There's the, you know, the Psy 2000 disease. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you don't rarely did you get these kind of physical side effects to a disease because it's it's all very, it's all very sterilized, you know, Uh, Mm -hmm. when it comes to Star Trek, when everybody gets a horrible disease, unless they really want to make a point. Well, they get really old in this episode or they get, (laughs) yeah, daily years, they get really old. But even that, I mean, uh, old is not, gruesome and grotesque so that's just the natural part of life so even though they had rapid aging it wasn't like oh it's not something you like want to look away from and like shield your eyes from because like that's that's nasty you know and Mm -hmm. and really miri if i'm thinking about it that this is really the only episode where the crew gets infected with something where it has those very grotesque physical side effects so i I can see why that would be disturbing to a young children like i i didn't to a young children's (laughs) i didn't even see this episode until i was um a little older when uh Gosh, I want to say when the the Sci-Fi Channel did uh, when I was a little older, I was like eleven. <laughs> but to me, in, in my Star Trek years, that's old, you know, because I grew up watching Star Trek, and for whatever reason, I never saw this episode to the Sci-Fi Channel special editions came out, and so it was like a new episode to me. So I was a little older, so it didn't like gross me out or anything. Mm-hmm. But if I if I'd been a little kid and I'd seen this, you know, because I think about like episodes of like the Twilight Zone that I would see when I was a kid, and like if there was like a scary monster or something that would like you know that creep you out, haunt your dreams, right? So if you see this. This guy, this this kid at the beginning of the episode, like who kind of attacks the crew and, and uh, really, hey, good makeup job, very effective, right? It's the stuff of it's the stuff of nightmares, especially if you're a little kid. So I can understand their concern for you know if you were trying to show this right after some you know cartoon on Saturday morning, why why you wouldn't want kids to see this? Yeah, I I, I agree with you. It's funny when you talk it through, like we're doing now, that you become reflective and you look at it in. Listen, I'm not. I'm not saying you know banning is correct or not. Uh, I, I think the the reasonable choice would to be to put it on at a time that would be more appropriate versus just outright banning it. But because uh, that could have been the first hint. Well, maybe this isn't a children's show. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure that London is pretty famous for its uh, red phone booths that somebody couldn't call an executive at Gulf Western Paramount in the 1970s and go, um. Who is this audience target? You know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at any rate, I, I I agree with you. It was kind of a, a creepy, scary, very intense episode. I really like this episode because it pulls you in, and it seems very realistic. And so, so you, you I, I like love Mary. when it does it. You're, you're like a Mary, Mary fan. Yeah, I like so Mary, Mary was one of the ones I I was kind of jokingly referencing. Where it's like, well, you know, if you leave this one out of the rotation, it's not really going to hurt anybody. Oh, I definitely uh, thought you meant the next one. No. <laughs> Well, maybe so. Uh, and I know that uh, I remember, uh, and again, if you listen to one Star Trek podcast, listen to us here at Standard Orbit. But if you listen to two, listen to Mission Log with Ken Ray and John Champion. And they uh, they kind of use this as their litmus test. <laughs> I know when they went through the first season of TOS, uh, like yeah. when they finally when they finally got to the alternative factor at the end of the season, like, well, I think Mary has a friend down there <laughs> at the end of the list. So those were their least two favorite episodes of season but all, one. But all they do is use bonk, bonk on the head all the time. <laughs> right? So for an episode that they that they don't like, they certainly took its its key line, which 
is great, you know, because that, that's hey. Oh, well, I quote things all the time that I don't like. It's just it's memorable, you know. Yeah, that's what I mean. Good and memorable. Well, th- uh, that is true. I just <laughs> I just find there's irony in that because Indeed. here we are. They're deep into the next generation, and you're still here. Well, I don't know if this message was exactly bonk bonk on the head. <laughs> and I, I get well, a kick out of it, and I'd love to steal it. It's too bad he's they already took it. I don't I don't have the nostalgic attachment to this episode as well. Uh, because I saw it later in life, which again, funny to hear. It's just funny to hear myself say this. You know, I was older. I was twelve. <laughs> I didn't see this one when I was six, like the rest of the episodes, right? But since I was older, I didn't quote unquote grow up with it. I don't have a nostalgic attachment to this episode, so I think that's why it's it's easy for me to kind of say, yeah, that that that's on the bottom of the pile. A very interesting concept in this episode, like, but I feel like the the duplicate Earth was a, a very very interesting concept that was just immediately put. a to the side when they discovered there was a disease like it was literally only for them to use all that all those stock you know uh, sets and stuff of like uh, 1960 years i believe that was actually a mayberry the same sets from the andy griffith show that they're that they're uh the crew's walking through so um so so lots of concepts here and, and i don't know i just the execution didn't all come together well and so mary did show in 1970 right but these next three did not show until the 1990s. So no one in the UK officially saw this on the airwaves. Isn't so, that crazy? Yes, it's say 30 years after, almost 30 years after uh, it, it aired. So uh, Plato's Stepchildren, okay? Uh, that That's one that, um, well, it, it's famous for the first interracial kiss on television uh, between William Shatner and Nichelle Nichols. Uh, so I don't know. Do you think that in, in some way, do you think that might have been a reason they didn't want to show it and i'm not sure what the social political situation was in great britain in the in the 1960s and 70s is my understanding they were a lot more you know open and accepting of uh interracial relationships just very progressive in that way more so than the united states so that's why it would be it would surprise me if that was a contributing factor but i don't know ken i i i don't think it was i mean it it's hard to say looking back again it would be great to hear from from some of our UK listeners to kind of fill in that blank a little bit if they were talking to their parents and and asked about those types of things. But you're right. I, you know, there there was a lot of progressive areas in the United States too. It, it was kind of it all depended, I guess, what regions you lived in and whatever, and the amount of mail that uh, that the networks wanted to receive. But one of the things that um, drove me crazy about this episode is I found it very exploitive and. And they were doing it on purpose, especially with Alexander or whatever. I remember watching this episode and just feeling like I was being tortured. And I'm not saying that to be sarcastic. I really did. It was really, really hard for me to watch it when I was younger. I didn't like it. I didn't like the way they treated Alexander. I thought it was way over the top. And then, you know, all the kind of silliness things that they, they made made Spock and, and Kirk and all that stuff. It it was it was a tough episode, and I was wondering if it was more along those lines where I found I wasn't offended, but I found it offensive. And again, the episode was doing that on purpose, you know, because this guy was small and he was being bullied. Yeah, I I, I don't you know I, I have a hard time watching any entertainment that deals with things like that. And of course, I know at the end things seem to get better, and it, it kind of pulls it all out, but. I wonder if that was more the reason, because it was it, it it was tough. I I remember having a tough time stomaching it, and and maybe I'm an overly sensitive guy, but that's 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 how it came across at the time. 
Well, the four reasons that the BBC listed were madness, torture, sadism, and disease. And, if, you know, I think we can agree disease applied to Miri. I think sadism would apply to Plato's stepchildren because they, they took enjoyment out of making fools and embarrassing. Yeah, it is uncomfortable, you know, but it, but it's it's so, like, poorly done. Like, it's, it's laughable. I mean, uh, they're acting like a horse and... <laughs> <laughs> tap dancing around it's just uh, i mean you can't you can't help but like be like what were they thinking i mean you know a lot of oh it's the terrible third, the yeah. third season gets a lot of flack but i think some some in some cases rightfully so of course uh and and so this episode you know if it didn't have the interracial kiss i think that salvages it for a lot of people because of its historic significance uh but other than that you know i mean what are the redeeming qualities of this episode yes there's a good message about oh you can and are in the federation you can be whoever you want to be you don't get judged any shape size or color but then at the end of the episode it's like completely undercut when like kirk's like hey scotty five to beam up we have a little surprise for you (laughs) it's like what are you doing man (laughs) you just undercut your entire message (laughs) so i don't know um uh, so, so you would ban this one just on the fact that it's a bad episode. That's what you're saying. Oh, Ken. I'm not. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the 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 um, the team that produced it once they finished it should have rewatched it and said, you know what, we should we should you know that's that's a direct to video. Uh, <laughs> Let's eat the cost on this one, Gene. Yeah, we'll put it up there on the shelves one day and see if anybody wants it. But yeah, that that it was it was a big mistake and and its historical significance. Okay, guys, it's time to get controversial. The interracial kiss was hardly an interracial kiss, you know. And I know people point at it or whatever. And there's been some there's been some claims out there that there were some other show whether it was mod squad or something else that kind of showed something before or even you know speaking of the uk i i've heard mentioned that uh it might be the first interracial kiss kirk and uhura in american television but in other uh, markets and countries that that had happened previous to this so for people to claim that it's the first interracial kiss in television history american that might be true but in other countries that there might be some predecessors to this as well yeah yeah And, and you know that's 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 part of the star trek lore you know breaking boundaries and 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 bursting through which they do i mean that's what made the show so successful and there's no doubt that they they took a lot of chances with this the way they filmed it um the censor saying no and essentially the tv show you know sticking their middle finger up and and doing it anyway but that 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 camera jumps so fast and you know so it's definitely implied you can tell that they are kissing and and all of that so i guess it is the the interracial kiss and maybe over time you know when you see it and you go really this is what they were talking about i mean you you really didn't see it well such, such of a lore is built up around it you know when you actually look at it you're like oh that's it you know in the 60s if you just saw that oh wow that was unexpected I haven't seen that before on television and here in america uh but now it's 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 so commonplace you're like oh okay you know. well you're right about that i'm just saying that uh it wasn't you know, sometimes in television now, um, it's all shock value, right? So they want to do something that hadn't been done. I, I remember um, uh, it wasn't Hill Street Blues, but it was another show uh, on ABC where they started showing um, uh, butts, <laughs> naked oh, butts. Oh, oh, it was uh, um, NYPD Blue. NYPD Blue, thank Dennis you. Franz. Dennis yeah, Franz, was... yeah. I remember the actor, and I know Dennis Franz was on on uh, on Hill Street Blues for a bit too, wasn't he? I think he uh, was. That, that was a little before my time. Yeah, so. sorry about that. But as, I, if Star, I, as if Star Trek wasn't, like you, you get my meaning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I get it, Shani. But at any rate, the uh, the the 
like I said, they 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 want to shock you. They want to do these things, and I'm sure for that for that timeline that was shocking. But they also kind of pulled away. I mean, it wasn't like a spot on these guys going at it, like you saw Kirk kiss other women on the show, right? So yeah, I'll just say, yeah. But it is. I I I we kind of focused on this. I believe it was because of the the sadism and the torture and the uncomfortableness for a kid to watch and you know it's at the end it kind of tells you hey this is bad this is wrong i get that but man you really you really are tortured uh <laughs> till the point that they get there i mean it's just that bad well moving on to our next episode uh, the empath so mm-hmm. this one obviously we all know which one it is it's with kirk spock and mccoy and they're tested by a superior alien force to see if a empathic alien woman who can take on the injuries of others is is worthy for her race to be saved right that's the plot in a nutshell of this episode so there's a lot of injury and torture in this episode and kirk goes through i mean we see kirk you know shirtless and tied up and it's pretty striking image uh mccoy especially uh i mean they, they even describe his injuries and they're very in depth so you know this one out of all four of these we're talking about i think this one if you're looking at it through the lens of children's entertainment yeah this one makes sense to not put in the rotation uh, just because of the torture alone yeah yeah I, I think you're right on this one it's uh it's a, it, again it's you know I, I i can't say that i disliked the episode because I, I didn't think of it in those terms but if you go back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the show that the uh, the culture in the uk was more open towards you know nudity and things along those lines but a lot less towards violence this is a tough show it really is you know when you when you, when you think about it and until we st- started talking about the subject of this week's episode and diving into it you know i never really gave it all that much thought because i always thought of what the end game was of the show but it, and you become kind of you know immune to it. It just it's just ah it's just violent. You know we we see this stuff all the time on TV. It's nothing. You know now we're freaking showing surgeries, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, any hospital show, I'm sitting there going, man, hey, that's my product. Ooh, yeah, I don't like the oh, that's oh god, you know. <laughs> it's just squeamish, yeah. Yeah, I'm a little squeamish. But yeah, I I, I agree. I, I the, if there was one out of this four that definitely the most I think would be uncomfortable, it'd be that. Mary to a lesser degree, number two, but this one, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's really all there is to say about the empath thing. It's pretty cut and dry there. Uh so moving on to the fourth one, Whom Gods Destroy, which in my opinion is the best of these four episodes. And actually one of my favorite season three episodes. I, I really enjoy it. Uh neither here nor there. <laughs> but uh the reasons that they banned it, you know, the seductive Orion dance, perhaps. Uh what, what do you think about that, Ken? Could be. I think it's a piece of it. Uh again, you had some elements of, of violence, right? I mean, some significant... Well, speaking some of, you know, Mar- Marta gets blown up. So yeah, that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty intense. It was pretty intense. And, you know, just right at the, the very beginning when you see uh, Dr. Corey... Oh, uh, he's pretty roughed up as well. He, yeah. He's pretty roughed up, you know. And, and there's, I guess, some semblance of, of torture with the, the mind machine and all that other stuff. And But that's stuff you'd seen in other episodes. That, that's that's yeah. why this, this particular episode confuses me because the torture machine or the mind machine i don't mm. know if it's supposed to be the same one from dagger of the mind but it serves the same purpose and it's certainly the same prop <laughs> oh uh, yeah so yeah. <laughs> there's that and then you you see you know of course vena dance in the menagerie so it's it's really the same thing as far as the orion dancing goes 
It, it really is. I, I, my guess is the, you know, she pulls out a knife and tries to kill him. Uh, but, yeah, know, that's true. They're, they're in bed. They're you know, in bed. She's, so. she's, com- she's coming on to him. They start, you know, yep. uh, making out a little bit, and then she pulls out a knife. So that, that's pretty, that could be pretty intense. Well, it was intense, so. Yeah, it, it was. I didn't see it coming at the time way back when. But, yeah, I, I but I, I think that, that, that piece where she's out there and, and gets blown up, it, it, that was pretty cruel. Right. And that's obviously, um, I guess, trying to show just how mad Garth really was, you know, to yeah, do the cruelty something. of it, the intention behind it. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. And if we look at if we look at their list of reasons again. Right. So so madness we will go to this one. Uh, Whom God's destroy. I mean, maybe they were really concerned about the lunatics running the asylum, as was the case in this episode. So. Yeah, I, I think it I think that's that's got to be the the most it's got to be the violence i don't think it was the seductive orion dance although it did go on a little long it, was, it wasn't too <laughs> hot for tv for you it wasn't too hot but it, you know sometimes i, I laugh as because the the obviously again another third season episode and a good one i mean i i did like it but sometimes you know you're you're trying to get to that that 52 minutes Right, <laughs> and hey, keep, you keep only dancing, get some. Keep dancing, yeah. So, <laughs> so dance a little longer, you know. And that's 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 kind of how I, you know, in the next generation they would just talk more gibberish, you know, sci- scientific babble, techno babble, techno babble, right? Yeah, they would throw it in there and they they would talk it out because they they have to get the time in. And in this case, I'm not saying that it was it was that deliberative, de- deliberate, deliberative. I'm not in court, but that deliberate. But I, I kind of got the sense it was like, yeah, can we move on with the plot now? That type the of the most thing. the most time wasting moment in Star Trek, to, to my memory, when we're talking about this, what comes to mind is in the the Lorelai signal in the animated series. Uh, it's this shot of the Enterprise orbiting the planet, and it's Scotty singing, and he sings like this whole song, like. <laughs> <laughs> like he, he sings like i swear it's like a minute it's the enterprise is going so slow around this planet and you hear of course james doing singing and it's so funny but this is like the ultimate time wish i'm like come on guys 22 minutes you couldn't fill 22 minutes you had to stretch this out but anyway that's what comes to mind when you're talking about that but uh i don't know man i uh i do think uh, i think march's dance might be a little too hot for tv back in the night even in the 1960s so it could have been i mean yvonne craig was a was a was a very um attractive woman and uh it, and it was it was a long dance you know it was an uncomfortable dance too i i you know it's, it's one of those things where you first you start oh okay this is pretty cool and then you're kind of getting like yeah this has really got to stop now this is creeping me out and you know um well, to tie it into the animated series, since I just mentioned it, when they, uh, I believe it's in the time trap, they meet another Orion, and she does a dance, but it's all, like, edited around. Like, I think, I think they're like, we're gonna have a celebration, and then we cut to, like, she just finished dancing, everyone's applauding or something, so, so the animated series directed at children, really, you know, they understood that maybe we shouldn't be, I don't know, do, showing this to kids at such a young, impressionable age. So, <laughs> but anyway, so those those are the four episodes that were banned in the in the BBC. And so, you know, as always, when when stuff is contraband, uh, efforts are always made to see it. So, uh, the the original plan actually, they, there was an original plan for the first British Star Trek convention was in 1974, and they were supposed to show some of these episodes, but at the last minute, they were blocked by Paramount Europe. Oh, so like wow okay so that came out of nowhere and, and then i'm sure lots of fans are disappointed because they were like oh we're finally you get to see the episodes like that's that's exciting imagine if if they came out with like hey guys we found the lost episode of the next generation it's been we haven't seen it for, for 
20 years. We're going to show it at this. It's Star Trek Las Vegas, right? And we're like, oh, I right. can't wait to go to Star Trek Las Vegas and see it. Oh, so and some guy comes out like, sorry, guys. Um, Paramount gave us a call. We, we can't show it, but you know, uh, enjoy the rest of the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, that, that's got to be disappointing. So then the next year, uh, according, according, this is all according to to fanzines and fans uh, at the time. But an American fan brought a copy of the Empath to to the second uh, British Star Trek convention in 1975. So people got to see it then, and then uh, and then the following year, 1976, year by year, more and more started started to seep out. But um, Empathy Star Trek Club, which is a UK fan club, uh, they purchased prints of Miri and the Empath and showed them. At, uh, at that convention in 1976. So, uh, you know, the, the people were starting to get out now. This has got to be film reel back in the day, right? So this is, that's a, you know, they had to purchase these. That, that, that's that's no easy task, right? And it's not like, oh, good, I got to see it, but that, and now I can see it forever. Like, no, this is it. Like, there was no announcement at the end. Okay, go buy your VHS at the back of the, in the booth there. It's like, no, this is it. You see it once, and then you might never see it again, as far as you know, right? Which is because you're certainly not going to see it on the airways. Now, Gene Roddenberry actually commented on this. Uh, he was at a press conference in the UK in the 1980s, and uh, he had this to say, quote, I disagree with the band very much. Empath, to me, was a beautiful story. If someone is to say to me, you can't have hurt and pain, I say nonsense. Suffering and pain are part of life. They should be handled and handled well, unquote. I agree, right? <laughs> that's that's the, the crux of good fiction. You gotta you gotta show this stuff to have it to have it mean something. Uh, but uh, so B- BBC, you know, they, they finally had to respond again to all these inquiries and requests. And uh, I don't read a lot of quotes here, but <laughs> neither of us are experts in the uh, <laughs> cannot speak with authority as far as the the BBC in the uh, 1970s. So so we we've called many resources here, and this is uh, this is what the BBC had to say to all these requests. They said, "quote." We have no plans to show the banned episodes, as we have stated several times before. (laughs) I'm afraid every big organization comes in for a little ridicule from time to time, but we are a public service broadcasting organization with great responsibilities. And if after very careful consideration, we decide not to show a particular program, you may rest assured that is in the best interest of the viewers in this country. (laughs) So (laughs) there it is. We know better. We know better than you. Yeah, 1984, man. 1984. Yeah, sounds a lot like 2017 on Facebook, doesn't it? <laughs> there we go. This is Topical. the way it is. We know better. We know better. Oh, okay. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. You're wrong. Where have I seen that before? <laughs> Every week. Every, Every week. week. Every week. Uh, so uh, our friend Richard Jenkinson on the Babel Conference uh, had a couple anecdotes about, about these band episodes. Um, he said uh, it took until the mid-80s for him to finally see the four episodes in the UK because they were... Uh, they were on exclusive UK VHS releases, two episodes a cassette, and uh, he used to uh, to constantly rent them at the rental shop. And he attached he attached a picture of uh, of the tape there. So before they were for sale, they were only available from rental rental shops. So uh, I'm sure those are very popular among the among the Star Trek fans in the UK. I mean, for these four episodes that come out on tape, uh, and you know, and in the 80s, you know, VHS and VCR and you know, Beta and all that, that that was not a household item that it became in the 90s. I mean, you you had to you had to be well off to, to have a you know a VCR or any kind of you know home media system like that to play tapes in. So you know I'm sure a lot of fans still didn't get to see them uh, until 1990 when Sky One sublicensed the series uh, from BBC. They aired Mary for the first time since 1970 and those other three episodes for the first time ever in the UK. So 1990. That is that's crazy to me, Ken. It is crazy. Yep. 
That is a long time to wait. <laughs> and yeah, three years into the next generation, they're seeing a first-time episode of the original series. How crazy is that? Wow, I, I never thought of it in those terms before. Wow. <laughs> in, in addition to these these four episodes, you know, being banned for decades in the in the UK, uh, they actually they, they also had uh, additional edits. You know, edits that were uh, specifically for censorship. And not ed- not necessarily edited for time uh, for syndication, uh, although you know that that is commonplace. You know, oh, yeah, they we see it today. Right? Of, it, well, they cut the heck out of Star Trek. Uh, oh man, have, yeah. have you ever have you ever watched Next Gen on BBC America? Yeah, yeah, well, they cut that too. Yeah, it is crazy. Like when uh, when the they first got rights to have the uh, show the HD broadcast of Next Gen, I would record them on on BBC America and get them because I hadn't bought the Blu-rays yet. I was one of those fans that waited too long, I guess. So. <laughs> I'm one of the guilty party. Sorry, guys. That's why we don't have Deep Space Nine and Voyager on. It's Zach's Blu-ray, fault. Because I didn't right. buy them on opening day. I'm sorry. Um, All right. Every time I see a question like that on the Babel <laughs> conference, I'm just going to write Zach Moore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but no, man, I'll, I'll watch some of these episodes. And one of the ones that stuck out to me most was Skin of Evil. Uh, uh-huh. Obviously, the one where Tasha Yar dies. And uh, the episode ends where uh, Yar says, Haley Frequency's close, sir. And she disappears. And Picard's like, oh, well, Natasha. And then, like, the credits come up. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What about the last scene with Data? That's, like, the best scene where, he's, you know, Data's like, I do not miss Tasha, but I think about how lonely it will be without her presence. And I'm like, oh, Data learning at a human emotion. And Picard's like, no, Data, you didn't miss the point. You got it. And he walks out. And then that's like, ah, oh, that's a great scene. So, I mean, to just cut the episode off like that, like, you know, full couple minutes before it's over. And, you know, uh, so so there are there were some edited, uh, you know, edited for content episodes here uh, in their syndication. And the Man Trap was one, and they edited him for violence. They edited uh, most of the final confrontation out between uh, Nancy Crater and Spock and Kirk in his quarters, which I, w- I would be very interested to see that edit. Like, how do you even get around that? You know, because Spock's, like, hitting her with two fists, and it's pretty pretty tense. Oh, yeah, he was knocking her left, right, and sideways. <laughs> Could Nancy take this? <laughs> and uh, how do you edit that out and have that end make any sense, right? Yeah, uh, but yeah. <laughs> it's so weird to me. But one of the one of the most interesting ones to me of all this is Arena, right? They they edited out the instructions of how to make gunpowder, which is like the whole crux of the episode. That's you know? right. I mean, where, where Kirk yeah. is assembling these things, his ingenuity, you know. But that is such a, a huge plot element, and they and they took it out. Like I don't know if they if they left out all the specifics. Obviously, I haven't seen it. I don't know. But the BBC actually wrote a letter in response to this, and they said, "quote." Arena was minimally edited because it is not BBC practice to show the exact process by which gunpowder is made. This is to prevent the children from emulating their heroes. <laughs> so it's like... <laughs> Can't make That's it up. Just such a bizarre thing. <laughs> Man, Here, here's an episode, The Enemy Within, right? If you were going to ban an episode, Enemy Within would be the first one I would think of because there was a, you know... There's an attempted rape in that episode, you know, Kirk yeah. oh, and yeah. Rand, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they did edit around, you know, the more extreme elements of that episode, uh, you know, part of the scene where uh, where Kirk, you know, attacks Rand in her quarters. But still, like, that, that is like, if you're looking to just ban episodes, if you're going to ban Whom God's Destroy, like, I think you should ban Enemy Within as well, because that's a lot more visceral than what goes on in that episode, in my opinion. I agree with you there. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, of course, there's Return of the Archons. You can, you can imagine they, they edited some of Red Hour out. As well, so uh, you know that's that wasn't a pretty, so bad for the uh, for, uh, <laughs> well for the '60s, right? So I don't so know. You're talking '70s, right? So let's 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 just hold here for one. Sure, second. sure. So 
even though Britain wasn't involved in the Vietnam War, um, there was still very much a hippie culture there, right? I mean, rock and roll was coming on. You had Rolling Stones, the Beatles, all, all the Who, and everybody, you know, um, protesting and marching and all that stuff and chaos. And, and, and unless they were just trying to kind of cull that culture down a little bit, doesn't really make much sense. I mean, I you know, smashing of windows, looting, crazy stuff like that. Yeah, it was it was a little over the top, but that one to me seems that seems like a stretch. You know, well, and, and when, when I look at it through their mindset here, though, it does make sense for kids. Yeah, don't go out and throw rocks through windows and stuff. <laughs> I, I I get it, I get it, and I I okay, you're right. Put it in the British mindset of you know violence, too much violence and all that. Okay, but I'm just saying at that time there was quite a bit of. Um, there were a lot of marches around the world for different things and world peace and, you know, some of those things got, got a little out of hand. So I'm just saying it wasn't anything you hadn't seen before, but I, I, I get why for a kid you'd do that. Right. No, that all makes sense. And so, you know, and there are various other edits to the episodes as the series progressed, but that just kind of gives you guys a taste of, of what a different world it was across the pond in the 1970s when they, when they tried to put the, the square peg of Star Trek into the round hole of children's television. It clearly does not fit. Speaking about that, then, Ken, I mean, are there any, like, to me, I, I just mentioned Enemy Within. That'd be one of the main ones I would think about banning. Uh, through this mindset, are there any other episodes that come to mind for you that are like, yeah, yeah, maybe sh- kids shouldn't be watching that on Saturday morning after they yeah, watch you? Know, you know? An obvious one to me is a mock time. I guess, you know, that, that part where Kirk is strangled literally to death at the end is pretty intense you know i mean i know it's, right. it's you know we look at it through a different it's a, okay is that really look well, that he, he realistic slashed across the chest as well i mean yeah blood. you so, know yeah, but no it's very intense final battle yeah good call it was and and it just was like man you know and there's there's spock holding him you know and his neck is back and everything it was kind of a, a you know an intense scene again you know everything's light and funny at the end so people forget that, but if you're a kid and and your and your your proclivity is to reduce the amount of violence that they watch, that that one to me is like, man, that's that's pretty. I don't know. It's it's not it's not the best image I can think of. Right. I'm, I'm trying to think of you know, striking images to me as a child that like freaked me out about Star Trek, and there's really not really. I mean, it was a very family friendly show. I mean, I, it's a moment that was you know moments here and there that stick out to you, like in a, by any other name, or they, they turn the guys into the cubes and he crushes one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the implication there is, is horrible and horrific, but visually, you know, it's pretty clean. Uh, yeah, that's so there's right. nothing really that that shocking. Like as you said, you know, Spock, you know, holding Kirk's dead body is pretty. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty intense when you put it that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Star Trek, just good, clean family entertainment, which is why this was just so shocking when I learned about this. Well, you keep saying good, clean family entertainment. We do know that the the whole point of the show was to to push boundaries. So it wasn't good, clean. They 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 were the NYPD blue of the '60s. Well, in a different way though, because I feel like it was all very tasteful. You know, I mean, let that be your last battlefield, right? Pushing boundaries, talking about current issues, but nothing that was. You know, questionable in content. Okay, but we we were going from Ozzy and Harriet, people sleeping in two separate beds. You know, Mayberry RFD, and here comes Star Trek. Right? You know, um, you know, I'm 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 pretty pretty grateful that that Aunt May didn't dress like Lieutenant Uhura, but you know, at the same time, you know, it it, it was it, it it was you know, uh, women's rights, civil rights, uh, equal rights. Everything was being pushed hard. There was kind of this. Um, this proclivity to rebel 
And and I understand that that you know a lot of the scant wasn't just you know Gene Roddenberry being a, a mad horn dog because he was, but it was also to um, you know uh, women's liberation and you know as they were you know tossing away the bras and all that other stuff they were wearing the short skirts it was liberating right, and so they took advantage of that and then you look at a lot of what the female guest stars wore or really didn't wear. Um, <laughs> You know, even today, you sometimes you just go, wow, they, they did that in 1966, 67, 68. That's amazing, you know, that they, uh, that they were able to. And, and of course, you know, you, you see that reflected in some, some of the other shows in that era. But they were the ones that, that, that really took advantage of it. So it was a, you know, push the envelope type of thing. You're right. Pushing boundaries like the, may this be your last battlefield is very different um, but at the time, that was the cry. I mean, it, was, it, it wasn't like they were ahead of their time saying racism is bad. There were whole marches and Martin Luther King, and this is right in the middle of that. There was a whole movement saying racism was bad. Uh, they were showing you the end results of all the people that were sitting there with the, um, the old ideas and agendas and saying, wake up, right? That was, that was a, more of a, a slap in the face because this is what happens if uh if if you continue down this road they were absolutely right so yeah i i that's that's kind of the way i see it no that's a good point ken i mean to me it's also quaint and now looking back on it, even oh, now was, yeah yeah maybe even when i was younger i was like oh yeah well that's great people are all getting along and you know <laughs> but that's good though obviously we haven't solved the deeper problems of humanity and and you know things like racism and violence and things like that but the fact that uh, it, it's it's not groundbreaking and, and mind blowing to have an interracial kiss or something like that is it, it's a good thing. It shows how far we progress. So you know, it, it, quaint for now, but groundbreaking at the time. True. And you know, again, I'm looking at it through the lens where this this was my family time. I you know sit down with the sure. parents and watch Star Trek. So that's how I oh good. It's the original series. You know, it's a lot more. I mean, because you, you, you you flip over to Next Generation. Right. It's a lot more, you know, uh, well, there's a lot more sex. And there's a lot more violence. So, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I guess uh, when I think of it, though, it was a le- it was a lot less exploitive. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's it's, it's more uh, tastefully done in some areas. I mean, the, the guest stars were wearing more most of the time, as you mm-hmm. <laughs> as you pointed out. Although I'll tell you what, man, conspiracy scarred me for life seeing uh, <laughs> that guy's head blow up <laughs> and oh, a giant geez. bug come out of his chest. <laughs> that would be bad. In fact, I believe that was heavily edited across the world because that was just the most gruesome moment in Star Trek history. Yeah, <laughs> seeing yeah. that at a young age, so you compare that to oh look, Kirk chest got cut by Spock. It's very <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. They 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 did they did. Other than that, and, and it was kind of funny because you heard that they could push boundaries because it was a syndicated show, and they really didn't push that many boundaries. I'm not saying their subject matter didn't in some cases they took on some heavy topics so uh tng folks i i love the show so don't so don't get it's, on it's interesting to see which battles they chose yeah they, they 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 did choose their battles wisely i think and they were there were some things that were very t- some of it very subtle which made it that much stronger i know it's a dichotomy but i think sometimes when you're not in your face and the message kind of creeps up on you you go whoa you know that's that's very thought provoking and they do that sometimes but yeah, I, I didn't see a lot of the, you know, I, I was expecting uh, more of the old kind of Star Trek cliches with the uh, the outfits and stuff. And, you know, the first episode, 
you see the mini skirts and the scants and you go, oh, okay. And then you see the scant on the guy and you go, okay. Um, you know, they, they, it was a different, it was a different show. And then all of that went away just gone, you know, as fast as they showed it, it changed. And, um, you know, but we didn't have justice. No, we did have justice. <laughs> oh, good God. Yeah. But that's what I mean. You saw it in eight, the first season or two, but then no, nah, they, they kind of tightened it up. So, yeah, that's pretty much all I had this week, Daniel. <laughs> well, Zach, you did an outstanding job in your research on this. And, and I have to tell the audience, this was this was Zach's idea, and it was a brilliant idea. And it was something that uh, until he brought it to our attention, and for you on the Babel Conference, you probably saw him posting about it, I thought that uh, you, you put together a great frame in order to discuss this. And, you know, there are some things when you when you when you sit back and you look at it through the eyes of another culture, it's it's really interesting learning. Right. And the one thing I will say was, was the BBC wrong in doing this? Not under the auspices that this is a kid show and showing it during, you know, uh, when, when kids would be watching. Because if you think about it, there's uh, 75 other episodes that they did show, some with some minor editing, which I think would have been appropriate that still taught a lot of great life lessons, right? So they, they still understood the value of Star Trek. It's just when they, they, they push the envelope too far in certain ways, and, and in certain ways, I, I agree with it. No, that doesn't mean I agree with banning, but, you know, some of these episodes, I, I don't really like to watch because of some of these things. It's just, you know, how can anybody watch... Uh, you know, uh, Plato's stepchild children, I, and just and walk away going, that's ah, not so bad. You can't. It's it really is eye torture. No, that's an excellent point, Ken. I mean, they could have just you know, this Star Trek is look at these episodes, look at these episodes here. This, this is completely inappropriate for all ages. This is, we're banning it entirely. But they didn't do that. You know, I mean, they took seventy five out of seventy nine episodes and showed them. And when you break down the numbers like that, that's a great way to put it. So uh, credit credit for them for finding a way to make it work in you know the the cultural expectations of that time. And you know, Star Trek, you know, it's it's the Aesop's fables of the modern age, right? So I mean, these are great life lessons. I mean, it, to me, a lot of my morality <laughs> and views on the world and worldviews were were formed and forged by Star Trek, and I'm you know happy that the, the a lot of the British youth of the seventies got to have the same experiences as I did. So, you know, uh, that's, uh, I just, like you were saying, this is, this is just an interesting examination to how, how things are different in different cultures and how things change over time. You know, I mean, we'd never, you would never have a TV show have like banned episodes like this today. Oh no. I mean, but I, I mean, there's plenty of episodes I'd love to see banned um, <laughs> just because I, I am, I, and I shouldn't say episode, but TV shows I'd love to see because it just, it's like, hey, can we, can we highlight just how, how dumb the American audience is, please? <laughs> you know, and I know I sound like an, an elitist jerk, but oh my God, some of the crap that they, you know, some of these sitcoms, I, I just go, really they think this is funny and then i go oh my god i'm my dad <laughs> the kids today well it's it's that bad and i'm sorry if you like two broke girls we need to talk <laughs> no i've never watched it no no Don't. I, I, we're in alignment there ken i, I think that two and a half uh, men I, like those are like uh, those <laughs> are all that is wrong with american entertainment <laughs> shows like that like even in the commercials the jokes are just so low-hanging fruit low-brow it's like oh my gosh this is what people find funny uh what do i find funny you know i will say if anyone's looking for a funny comedy out there community my favorite yeah, comedy a show brilliant the show it's a great the show. office those are like my two favorite sitcoms of all time 
Uh, yeah. So check those they were out. So clever, so clever. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah and, and listen, you know, like I said, hey, everybody has their own their own sense of taste. So if we offended you because you like two and a two half men broke girls. or two broke girls, <laughs> and then maybe it has something to do with the number two being <laughs> number in the title, uh, we can we can look into it. But I happened to catch that that. Uh, an episode my my daughter was watching it or something um the one i banned to england and um (laughs) and i just could not believe just and it wasn't the fact that it was over the top or dirty it was so poorly written and poorly acted and and the laugh track was so over the top i was like really okay now there's there's dozens and dozens of shows like that i mean it's it's just the way it is but at any rate we are way off topic here (laughs) well it's been fun talking about the bbc and banning episodes and everything in between here this week on standard orbit but that's not the only thing we've been talking about on track fm here's a quick look at some other things you may have missed elsewhere on the network previously on trek.fm warp 5 even though we were waiting even though we lost tons of money we were just like we were like oh phew now we, can, now we can stop and think. Writer strikes are funny things. Sometimes you get season seven of 24, and sometimes you get shades of gray. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Literary treks. And again, that's the great thing about these novels is like you know, it, ch- it can change your perception and look at, at these episodes and these movies in a totally different way. And I just love, you know, it's not there to fix mistakes. But it does. Meta tricks. How do they know for sure that they're they're not the ones who are going to be thrown back and their duplicates end up making it back to deep space? Hey, How can they know for sure? That's a very good question. They glossed over that big time in this episode. Yeah, I, I think if I'm Benjamin Sisko, I would want to make sure that's clear. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So you can find us on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, and of course you can always stream or download the MP3 file from our website at trek.fm and grab the RSS link as well. If you're an Apple user, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. That makes it easier for other listeners to find the show as they search iTunes and helps us increase our visibility for new listeners. If you'd like to get in touch with us here at trek.fm, you can always find us on trek.fm slash contact and look in the sidebar on the show page or you can go to speakpipe.com slash trekfm and please leave us a voice message. You can also contact us through Twitter at trekfm, facebook.com slash trekfm, and the Babel Conference. Type the Babel Conference, B-A-B-E-L, into the search field on Facebook, or go to our website at trek.fm and click discussion on the menu bar. So let me talk to you for a second about Patreon, Zach. Patreon is the program that Trek FM employs in order to get donations to keep the network coming to you commercial free. It is wonderful. Most of the hosts here on Trek FM are big contributors to Patreon and found our way onto the network through Patreon. So if you can uh, spare any money, uh, and we don't care what the denomination is, it really means a lot to us because there is a lot of content that we're putting up there, a lot of bandwidth, a lot of programming, a lot of equipment that we need. So please, if you can help us out, we'd appreciate it. And all you have to do is go to patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash trackfm. And you can, you can click any donation you want. And we do have some incentives for you. So for $15 a month, you get to join the Patrons Roundtable where you podcast. And, and, you know, again, that is where a lot of us started. It was on the Roundtable. I was on the very first one. I had a blast. And if you can contribute $25 or more per month, then you get associate producer credits for whatever show you like. And we love 
our associate producers. So please, 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 if you if you have the ability, it is more than appreciated. And speaking of our associate producers, thank you from the bottom of our hearts to Renee Roberts, Aaron Harvey, Nicholas Anastasio, and of course, Norman Lau. Thank you all for your support of Standard Orbit and Trek FM through Patreon. Now you can find Renee at Twitter at Emrys underscore 1701. You can find our buddy Aaron Harvey at Geek Filter. You can find Norman Lau at Starfighter 1701. And you can you can uh, interact with Nick and all of us on the Babel Conference. And that's, that's where we find uh, Nick hanging out all the time. Yeah, and you can find me on the Babel Conference. I love to hang out there. And you can reach me through Facebook directly or via Twitter. My handle is at Boston SCPO. That stands for Senior Chief Petty Officer. As for me, you can find me on Twitter at MoronZach. That's M-O-O-R-E-O-N-Z-A-C-H. And I'm also the host of my own podcast called Always Hold On to Smallville, where we talk about each and every episode of that young Superman show from the early 2000s. And we're on Twitter at AlwaysMallville with one S. And also, I'm around the Babel Conference as well. It's always great to talk to you guys on there, making conversation about our shows, other shows, general Star Trek topics, anything really on there. So thanks for listening, everyone. And join us again next time here on Trek.fm for another episode of Standard Orbit.